And thanks for joining me for another Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We are welcome and glad to go ahead and invite over our good friends at the NCRMA, the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA.net. Of course, you know that I've had on Rocco Petrilli on the program. And among other people here on Blunt Business, going back to January 2020, as I go ahead and talk to our guests before we got on, and I'm thinking just where the company, where the organization has gone and where they've made, as he said it, a strong pivot into other areas that were not the original plans when the association really came to light. And we learned about them at MJ Biz in 2019, in August, uh, October of that year. It was December, I think it was. Never mind. December. It was December. Sorry. So with me right now, my next guest represents the market leader in U.S. cannabis risk management assessment, education, and consultation, affirming expansive growth and mounting industry impact. Of course, you might even know where I've had a chance to dabble a little bit on producing and having a couple of times the chance to host NCRMA's Chronic Risk, which is a series you can find here on Cannabis Radio. I'm joined by the chief risk management of one of the newest wings of the NCRMA, the National Cannabis Risk Prevention Services, or NCRPS. I'm with their chief risk management officer, Alex Herding, here on Blunt Business. Alex, thanks for being on. Oh, thanks for thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Really fascinating where NCRMA has gone. It was originally going to be we were going to have a conference series that Cannabis Radio was going to go spot was going to be a media sponsor at in Vegas, but then right at the pandemic. No, what can nothing can be done the rest of the industry affected but the certain directions that have gone on just as an overview you now, the ncre now has the ncrm academy so now a lot of stuff is being done virtually by you know many organizations but in the area of risk management risk assessment and compliance this is what was one thing that came out into the fray then there is the insurance division now tricom which uh Rocco heads that. We're going to go and talk to him on a future episode about that. But on, on this episode, we want to go and talk about risk prevention. And this organization with NCRPS, which you are in the forefront here talking about today, on the website, which, by the way, is ncrps.com, uh, the website states many of the risks cannabis businesses face are because the industry lacks clear standards and guidelines it is every operator's responsibility to be able to identify and mitigate risk as every individual business makes an impact on the overall success of the industry as it grows and the ncrps's mission is to provide solutions designed to identify and mitigate threats that can be detrimental to your business goals brand and reputation so as we talked about the pivot we talked about this new division here Talk to me about what prompted this new division of NCRMA. I can understand the uh, the idea of going for insurance services and providing that part. Talk to me about what this does here. Yeah, so yes, it's been a wild few uh, few years here. Obviously, the pandemic had uh, impacted pretty much as everybody on the planet. But that's right around the time that I got hired. Um, and you know the initial mission and it still is uh, of the ncrma is to you know provide cannabis businesses with education support and expertise and you know alex i want to go ahead and continue on about service partners of course we're going to have ncrma on in future episodes to go ahead and focus more on the other areas but i also want to just learn what it was within discussions when the ncrma academy came into play when tricom came into play when all these other things came in what was it about this idea of risk prevention services as a standalone that was what led to that decision no, yeah that's a great question and so you know one of the resources again what we were offering um with the academy was uh, risk assessments and we were exclusively focusing on uh, tricome providing tricome insurance and their insured assessments and giving them you know scores and resources and recommendations to correct their issues and uh, really what we realized is that, you know, this this service really can help not not just Tricom insured, but really the entire industry. And so that's that's the big pivot is that, hey, you know what, that that service that we were having as an exclusive offering to Tricom that that shouldn't just be, you know, just just for that that small market there. We want to really provide the larger, you know, cannabis market the same services. And so that's that's really what we're what we do at NCRPS 
Um, it, and it's, it's, it's to, to provide risk management together, but it all starts with the risk assessment. And it's pretty unique um, software that we've developed specifically for the cannabis industry. And it's uh, it's taken some, you know, actually some development that and, and, and the pandemic informed us of a lot of what the market wants. They want a lot of um, remote options. And so what we've done is created a uh, remote option for assessment. So we don't necessarily have to come on site, but we can you know, we can we can assess a lot of different risks. We can assess the entire business enterprise wide. We can look at you know very specific risks like worker safety or product safety, but um, but we can do you know really do a deep dive. And um, again, that but was the main. Something that no one, I don't, I, you know, well, we talked about offering where we know there are so many variables and standards that are being put across every state, medical or adult use, that are not uniform. They're not universal, and. We can only ask that every multi-state operator, any small business, craft cannabis owner, that they are, are at least able to reach some certain level of standards. And actually, we want them to go above and beyond those standards, of course. But as far as I know, is there anybody else that you know of right now that has done anything like this where it's kind of like a credit score? You are assessing what the business is. It's like a Better Business Bureau grade as well. Almost that same kind of idea. And... By seeing that information in front of you and saying, okay, this is your report card. This is what you're doing, what you're not doing. This is the level. And then after that, you're not just giving the score. You're not just giving the report. We're telling you, okay, so here's what we can do to help you get that score higher. Yeah, no, that's right. And there really isn't anybody doing this yet. I mean, that's that's the opportunity that i mean that we saw and that we have right now is is to really develop risk management specifically for the cannabis industry um there's a lot of different ways that people are uh, providing risk management but nothing like what we're doing um, for the most part it's like a hodgepodge um using other industry kind of standards and templates to to assess risk but for the most part be honest with you what they're doing um for insurance and even and banks risk man or banking services and credit unions what they do for their risk management is is really provide uh, cons uh, compliance audits which is you know a, a part of risk management but it is not what we're offering you know what we see the way you know we describe the difference between compliance and risk management is that you know compliance is the bare minimum that's like keeping the patient alive um you know that's that's <laughs> It, that's the minimum you have to do to operate, which is again, important to know, but what, what risk management really is, is like exercise and nutrition and really becoming, you know, a more optimal um, business. Uh, and so that's what we're looking at. We're looking at much above and beyond just compliance and, you know, compliance, obviously extremely important, um, you know, and the, you know, the state regulators thus far have determined what's important to them. And it's a lot of security and inventory management. But there's also a lot of other things that these legislators have missed out on. Right. They don't largely focus on worker safety, even, you know, quality management systems to protect, you know, products safety, um, you know, and, and, addif and additional things, you know, HR functions and things like that that are just completely, you know, uh, not on on the you know state's radars. And so most businesses they start their business based on the application that they got to get their license. And so they really have some big holes um, in their business framework. And so that's really what we can do with this assessment is really help identify gaps in their business framework and really help create a complete business framework that they can use essentially as a franchise model, right? And that's that's the difficulty these businesses are having, especially ones that work from state to state. I love this idea because this is one of the things that comes down to for compliance models in every state. We're starting to see now, and I, I mentioned this several times on this program, and by the way, on a future episode, I'm going to go ahead and play back for you a good chunk of an interview I had with Evan Sumner with the Maine Growers Alliance where – in the story there on our grassroots marketing program, I mentioned the fact of how the state of Maine wanted to go to an institute where there's one seed to sale tracking software or one, one, one tool for compliance and metric that they wanted to go and use specifically that might be the universal standard. Of course, we know that that might be too expensive and might over not be affordable for smaller owners. And if it's only going to be one 
software company that benefits from overall and gets that contract, what is that going to say for other states? Instead, this model here of this scoring system, which we're going to break down in this program, this is the idea I like that when I brought when I thought about this and when I heard about it, I'm saying to myself, okay, states should go ahead and implement that this scoring system is the law, is really just the standard that should be put universally. And then you still have room for all the different softwares, all the different services out there, and you keep it open and make it affordable for everybody. But it's the matter of then on top of that, you have not just the system, but you have the relationships, the service partners, all the education resources to help somebody build the score. That's better than what you get from any financial institution or anything like you said from a doctor. I mean, they're not going to help you build your score up. They're not going to do that. You're offering the resources not only to back up what you have here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Again, what what we uh, what most games businesses know is that they don't know what they don't know. For a large, they come into this, you know, into this industry, and for the most part, you know, it's passion projects. They know the product. They know, you know, they know how to produce and sell the product. But they don't know essentially a complete business framework. Again, it just comes back to what are all the things, what are all the processes and controls that a business operator needs to know. And for the most part, businesses don't have the right tools when they start. And so when they start, it's almost like a triage union. They're just trying to figure out what 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 they need to know to get to the next day and not lose their license, essentially. And what we want to do, I mean, and we just created a new pre-operational assessment that will essentially give you a complete framework. Here are all the processes and controls you should have before you start operating. And that just gives, you know, these businesses such a such a you know advantage to, you know, it gives it allows them to sleep at night to say, okay, I, at least I know I have all all the controls in place of course bad things are going to happen but yep. you know some of these the bad things can be avoided most other things can at least be mitigated if and when they do happen if you have the right plans and controls in place and so that's again what we want to do is just come in give them the right controls um, you know, and, and we're not micromanagers here. You know, we're going to tell them this is what, you know, the current best practices are that we see in the industry. There's other ways to do this. Uh, but here's the minimum criteria that we think will will get you to the next level. And so, you know, I, for 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 the experiences we've had with, you know, doing these assessments, I know they've really provided you know, real, real benefits to the business. And again, what we really want to create a course, we wanted them to avoid all the different violations and, you know, compliance issues that are out there, but we want them to succeed long-term. And this is going to be, and it already is a hyper-competitive industry. And if you want to succeed like long-term, you're going to have to adopt best practices. Um, that's just essentially the only way forward to succeed in this industry. Not only that, you also have to imagine that you have CEOs and top-level executives from Fortune 500, com- Fortune 500 companies that have come into this space. They expect this kind of infrastructure to be brought into this industry as well because they're familiar with it. And when you're trying to talk to these executives, you're offering them a system they're kind of very well aware of. It's like, okay, that's our score. We need it to be better. And the CEO or your, your chief operating officer will say, okay, what do we need to get there? And then you work with a said company, and then you work on that together. Now, I mentioned already at the top of the show, one of the principal hosts at uh, the NCRMA's chronic risk program is Rocco Petrilli, and just recently was just now pointed out as the CEO of the NCRPS. And when it was launched last August, Rocco said this, and I really like what he said here, quote, since entering cannabis, the connecting theme of our businesses has revolved around the theory of abundance. Simply interpreted, before being concerned about dividing the pie, one must first determine its ultimate size. And cannabis, anytime someone does something to improve the sustainability of the market without concerning itself about its competition, they in fact increase the size of the pie. And NCRPS will make the pie bigger with resilient risk mitigation and management product offerings. Now, what I want to know from you is the level of prioritization. That cannabis companies right now, when you're speaking with them, what is how the level of priority they should have when it comes to the respective operations about risk assessment and compliance? Yeah, right now it's not where it needs to be. I'll just be frank with you. You know, it's and and I, it's a lot of education that the, that the cannabis businesses need. Because I'll tell you, the insurance companies 
and you know banking services they understand what risk management is um and essentially you know what i way i describe risk management is really smart money i mean essentially it is you know it's a lot it revolves around essentially best practices and you know when banks and insurers you know have have clients in cannabis they want to make sure that those those businesses are doing what they can you know and to to minimize potential future losses and so that's that's the value right now. They're really done. They don't have, you know, they haven't don't have line itemization for risk management, you know, risk assessments. And that that will very that will change in the future. Things will happen in this industry. This industry, I think, is relatively complacent because they don't understand the, really the liability they're under there's going to be lawsuits and right now the the trial lawyers you know they haven't they have not really attacked this industry yet but they're the, the sharks are circling and they're coming in and there's going to be product liability claims there's going to be worker compensation claims these are going to be class action lawsuits i mean i can go down the line of different types of risks but really i think it, the major risks that the cannabis business need to be aware of one worker safety there's some really unique um, hazards in this industry with repetitive motions that will cause long-term disabilities to some of these trimmers and people doing these repetitive motions like proning. And then there's also going to be some very dramatic product liability lawsuits. Its industry has, has you know, had some, um, actually there's been a, a, an uptick of, of recalls this year, but they really haven't been sued. And, and I, and I'm all but certain that is going to change, um, you know, because, the level of, of of testing for contamination right now is really at the early stages and they're only going to pick up and there's going to be something like a, an anecdote or a, a thought somebody's going to buy some cheap cartridges from China or wherever. They're going to have high levels of lead, you know, and 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 then everybody down that line of that supply chain is going to get sued, the grower, the extractor. And then at that point, when businesses realize, oh, my gosh, you can get sued out of business. And you couple that with the the these businesses don't really they don't have bankruptcy protection and these business owners can be potentially you know personally responsible for these financial losses. There's going to be a real change, and then they're going to be able to they're going to start itemizing. Okay, we do need we do need risk management. Until then, they're a little bit you know they're a little bit complacent, and um, we want to we want to. We want to put, you know, put out that warning signal right now that is coming. These there's real risks. Every other industry really deals with them. This one isn't going to be any different and prepare for prepare yourself. I want to bring this over and over. I'm going to keep hitting this on the head on this program until everybody understands where I'm coming from with this compliance issue. I have brought up how many times on this program can trust holdings. You know what I'm talking about, Alex. You see, yeah. when I, I must go back to October 2019, when that company, to get compliance in Canada, they had to destroy $77 million worth of plants. That's wow. the penalty they had because they were not up to compliance. And I think it was just because they had certain, was some of the, the plant was in a certain room that was contaminated, and that had to destroy it all. The company since has now had to re change their name back in May of this year to FINA. Listen, and I'm not trying to pick on this company at all. I'm not criticizing. It's unfortunate. It's tragic that something like that has to happen. But unfortunately, they've become the role model of what's the worst that could happen if you are not compliant with your business. That can happen to you. And I don't even know how that company survived all this, but they did. But that's the level of of understanding how important you need to put resources. Again, where Rocco says theory of abundance, yes, it's going to put more costs into the where your overhead is. But you have to do it. There's no choice. And it's a priority. And, Alex, you made a great point. There's not enough companies doing enough. There has to be more done. And this is why I think it's so important that this is brought here. Now, in the next break, in the next segment, I want to go ahead and start delving e in detail into the scoring system. We're going to talk about this assessment that you're doing right now, which is a CRP2, your Comprehensive Risk Assessment Tool. We're going to break that down here with Alex Herning, Chief Risk Management Officer for the National Cannabis Risk Prevention Services, or NCRPS. Website is ncrps.com, and we'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. 
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back. I'm here with Alex Herney, Chief Risk Management Officer at the National Cannabis Risk Prevention Services, NCRPS, which is a division of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, or NCRMA. Now, your team has facilitated the development of a comprehensive risk assessment tool, CRP2, which is trademarked, by the way, producing a full business framework assessment series of risk scores. These scores form the basis for customized NCRMA-developed and sanctioned education and consultation that drive improvement and better placement in the limited cannabis financial, banking, and insurance markets. I love how this works, where all the services, all the education, all the resources you provide come full circle as a result of this risk assessment tool. So talk to me about the variables that are calculated to make the scoring system. You know, what is what's behind the score? Yeah. So, yeah. So like you said, CRP, CRP squared, sorry to, to oh, correct oh, you. There. It's the cannabis risk prevention platform. And, you know, if this is a very comprehensive tool, you know, it's over 360 different processes and controls that we can assess. And, you know, and one of the, the things that's that's hard to understand when you're learning about risk management is that there's so many different types of risk. And, you know, we can look at essentially all the risks that are there, um, at least the major risks. But what we've done is we've we've broken it into five risk types right now, and, the, and we'll, we'll have additional ones um, come along. But we, we look at worker safety, product risk, property risk, premise risk, and that's similar to like a general liability, and and banking risk. And they all look at different things. And 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 you know some processes and controls are really, you know, they're more focused on worker safety than product risk, right? So what we've done is we we've created a scoring system when we look at a control on how important that control is to each one of these risks. And so depending on you know what you have in place, you know, the, these scores are going to be potentially very different, right? Uh, and so so what we can do is we can do an enterprise-wide uh, risk assessment. And that's a comprehensive one. We'll look at everything in your business. We'll, we'll go down, we'll go down the line of, you know, your strategy, your governance, your, you know, all the things you should have before you operate. And then, you know, your, your different operations and your continuous improvement as well. Um, and then when we, when we do a full enterprise wide, we're also looking at the proficiency of the process owner. So whoever owns that control or process, um, not, you know, we, we're not just looking at the documentation that they have it, but also that the person who's responsible for it actually understands it. So that's our complete, you know, our complete view of what, what we can go down and look at. But again, when we, with this whole pandemic, we realized, hey, the, this on-site assessments are going to be more difficult. And a lot of people in businesses want remote options, leaner options. They don't want to start off at the most comprehensive assessment. So we've made this very agile. So now we can look at very one specific risk type or any or all of them together, and we can look at different levels. So we look at threat types, severe being the you know the most critical, mm-hmm. and then we can look at significant risk and moderate risk and minor risk. So depending on how much you guys you know cannabis businesses out there want want to know about your business, we can start off at just the most severe of a risk type or two or three, and then we can actually you know we can we can build this out to 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 how deep of an assessment you want. Now, CRP squared, thank you for correcting me on that. Uh, they identif- you're identifying potential threats through a generated scorecard and detail report, complete with customized interventions. Yes. Your team 
has built and assembled a team of experienced cannabis risk managers providing resources to help identify controls and processes necessary to help prevent and mitigate fines, penalties, and uh, setbacks. So talk to me about, really, I love this where it's customized intervention. It's, you know, here's your score. Let's make it better. Let's go and work on that together. Talk to me about some of the common threats or issues this tool regularly comes across is there something really common that this every time when the tools put into place and implemented, there's just something that people just constantly has to be correct. There's yeah. Well, there's a few things that are some really, yeah, that pop up pretty frequently and they're, they're different, you know, again, some of these, you know, risks are in different risk types. So workers safety, I'll tell you um, again, there's an ergonomic issue in this industry that, that really hasn't risen to the surface of how important it is. And it's, it's repetitive motions. Those really can create lifelong disabilities with musculoskeletal disorders like carpal tunnel. Um, and so, you know, the cannabis businesses in general haven't perfected an ergonomic program. Again, we have a great um, service offering where we can actually come in after the assessment and help develop a world-class ergonomic program. Um, another, uh, you know, another thing that we find pr pretty frequently, honestly, is um, and with and product risk is is a, a microbial contamination, and this industry is really still figuring out again from for the most part, you know, most of these businesses have not don't have a complete control over those microbial um, contaminants, and again, we can help with that. The good news is that those are controllable, but. It takes, uh, you know, a microbiologist to really fully, you know, understand and help control those issues. Again, we have um, risk managers on staff and we can actually offer microbial risk assessments as well and help in that way. And to be honest with you, another thing that I see frequently is inventory issues. Um, like you said, with metric, um, there's there is a significant need in this industry really to to make sure that their virtual numbers that they're reporting to the state mm -hmm. are matched by actual the actual inventory wow. and and that's just something that usually businesses you know once they get behind it's a hard time to get get caught back up but again we have uh, we have services and and partners that can help with that as well now can you give me some kind of idea the difference between how much it would cost to go through the services you're providing through NCRPS and this assessment tool versus if you didn't do it and the kind of penalties, setbacks, and fees that you might accrue. Like, yeah. the lesser of two evil. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's significant. So just on the worker's safety, so let's just talk a little bit about that. Um, is I mean, it can be significant. So, you know, OSHA standards are applied nationwide to the cannabis industry. That's still a surprise to many cannabis operators that federal standards do apply. And OSHA, you know, investigators, they're in about half the states. The other states have their own state um, OSHA plans, as they call them, and they have their own state enforcement. But um, and in the, in the, in the OSHA fines, they go up every year. But roughly the first violation OSHA if they come in or you know one of the state plans um if they if one of those investigators comes in it starts off at fourteen thousand roughly and again it goes up with inflation so I think this year went up a little bit bigger but and 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 if you get a multiple or willful violation it's 140,000 roughly and so that I mean that will just shut down a business and not not to, you know and of course there's other real you know, potential impacts with worker safety. People go down in an incident, there can be, you know, significant medical fees, um, you know, retraining, bringing somebody in, you know, uh, having that injured person come back into, you know, the facility once they're recovering. There's like, you know, there's a period of time where they likely can't do all the things that they need, you know, that they were doing before. So there's, you know, there's indirect costs associated with all of these incidents and it potentially, you know, in one of those incidences, equipment gets, you know, broken and other things, plants get destroyed. So, you know, just, just on the worker safety, you know, if there's not a complete uh, worker safety program in the, in, in your business, you are just pretend you're just waiting for for that thing, you know, that bad thing to happen and it can shut your business down. Um, and of course, like you said, with, you know, product risk, oh my gosh, I mean, I mean, you can't, this, these businesses can't 
not afford to take product risk extremely safe. And, you know, for the most part, when I talk to these cannabis businesses, there's a feeling that, you know, okay, there's these state regulations around testing, third-party testing. And if my product passes that third-party tests, well, now I don't, I'm, I, I don't have any more liability. I, it's out on the market and I did what I needed to do as, as, a, as a cultivator or processor. Yeah. And now, you know, my liability ends and that, and that can be further from the truth because what we're finding is that these are not infallible tests. These, t- these labs can make mistakes themselves and they can put, can, you know, contaminated product on the market. And like you said, with the recalls, they can be devastating. That, I mean, it just, and, and like I said, down the road, there's going to be some product lawsuits that are just going to be, you know, through the ceiling that you just can't not afford to take those risks seriously. And of course, there's product risks, uh, pro- property risks and, and banking risks as well that we can go down the road with. But but essentially, you can't, can't as an operator, not afford to, to prepare for all of these bad things that are happening are going to happen. You know what? I'm, I'm almost speechless right there because you really hit that nail on the head just to say you just can't just pass along with just third-party testing. Oh, we, we did what we needed to do. No, it doesn't work that way. Plus the other part where you stress worker safety because every time I think about compliance, I'm always thinking about quality control and testing, and that that's always what I think about. Never think about worker safety, but I'm not a business owner. You're right. I mean, I'm just hosting the program asking questions, but I think, but thank you for bringing that up because it is crucial and it's not even talked about enough when we talk about compliance in the first place. Like when we talk about various issues with this and only, I think out of all the shows we might've talked about with compliance, maybe one or two shows and a couple of hundred have done. Have we talked about the workers? No, we talk about unionization here and there, but not anything about you know, when it comes to workers, well, there's part of when it comes to what they're getting paid and, you know, the kind of safety precautions that are being done, things like that. It's amazing how much there can be that importance when you're working in a greenhouse or you're just working in that environment that those kind of hazards exist. It's not like working factories or working construction. I mean, talk to me about that part where, it, you know, in the environment itself, if it's outdoor, indoor, you know, I mean, what kind of what is it about worker safety that is such a more important priority as opposed to not being where something where like, you know, some shop that's going to say so many days without an accident. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I've actually worked with OSHA and helping develop um, safety uh, courses with them. Um, there's a 10 hour general industry and that's where OSHA deems this is a general industry and um, which, you know, be honest with you, it's, it's a kind of a moderate hazard industry. It's not like construction or mining that just are significant. Right. But there is enough significant hazards here that 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 is really important, again, to understand, you know, uh, what what they are and how to control them. And I have a background in occupational safety. And and when I actually started um, operating, you know, a cultivation facility, I looked around and I said, where is the, you know, standard safety program? Because every other industry has it. And what I realized is that it no, what didn't exist. And so that's actually what's starting me off on, on this risk management journey, probably more than anything is like, well, there has to be, you know, there has to be what, you know, a complete safety program that at least, you know, has the major hazards controlled. And so, you know, to your answer, I mean, really, I mean, dispensaries probably less hazardous. I mean, there's some repetitive motions. They're standing for long periods of time. Basic, you know, uh, retail hazards. I mean, lifting can be hazardous. But when it comes to extraction and cultivation, there are some very unique hazards. Um, extraction, you have you know, um, uh, for the most part, most extractors and processors are using uh, liquefied petroleum gases like butane and propane, which are extremely, um, you know, explosive. I mean, and we've seen probably everybody seeing, you know, headlines of extraction facilities. Most of the time they're unlicensed, but, you know, these things going up in flames. Um, and so there's some real hazards chemically in, in the extraction process, but also cultivation, like I said, repetitive motions, I mean, pruning, trimming, you know, all of these things, I mean, they're just, they're just looming over this industry. And anybody who's worked in a cultivation, when you talk to them about ergonomic hazards, it really touches them. I mean, it, and I, and I know this cause I've worked in it. My wife's worked in trimming, harvesting, and it's real. I mean, I remember my wife would go out and trim, 
for uh you know the harvest season typically you know is is october november we you know we had some friends that owned a medical farm out in california and she'd go out and help them trim and she'd come back and i'd have to massage her arm for like two weeks afterwards because of how sore and, and, and she was um and so and that's the danger is it went from a seasonal you know, pretty much a seasonal job to a year round job. Yeah. I can't imagine these trimmers 40 hours a week. I mean, and as I was an operator, I wouldn't let my trimmers trim that long. 30 hours tops. I mean, ideally even 20, and then you rotate them to do some other, you know, trimming or, or some other job to work some other muscle group. Right. Cause when you're just trimming those sm- like small muscle groups that you have in your, your forearm and arm, I mean, it's just, they're not, you, we're not designed as humans to do that that no. job that way and so and there's also you add on top in cultivation there's a whole nother not just osha there's the epa has the worker protection standard which is pesticide hazard so you got chemical exposures and hazards as well i mean so there's 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 quite a bit of you know um hazards in, in cultivation and, and, and like i said in the processing so you got to look at, you know, you got to look at a lot of different things. And again, I have outlined, I forgot how many different potential safety plans, probably a dozen or so from, right. you know, hazard communication plan, emergency action plan, you know, respiratory protection. We got, you know, first aid, you got hearing conservation potentially with high noises and on and on. So, it, and, you know, even one of the biggest ones that most businesses don't realize they need in cultivation with all this electricity is an energy control plan, yeah. you know, and that's just, I mean, it's obvious that you're working around that level of electricity can, you know, lead to some, pretty serious potential injuries or death. So wow. a lot of things to control. Just laid out the entire case, the entire platform as to why you should go ahead and seek out at least go ahead and go ahead and reach out to NCRPS for services and just find out and get the assessment and just realize what you need to do. Cause you know what? Peace of mind is important for your business. You do not want to, we've already given examples of the worst case scenario which that's not going to happen to everybody, but still there's a lot of areas that are being covered that I'm sure some of the business owners listening to this program probably didn't even think about, or they figured out and they said, you know what? Yeah, this industry hasn't gotten to that point yet, but you find the need and fill it, which by the way, wasn't the Reverend Norman Vincent Peel, but it was his wife, Ruth Stafford Peel that made that point, And that's exactly what NCRPS is doing, finding a need and filling it here for the cannabis industry. Because we don't need the government to go and intervene on this themselves. And, you know, like, thank you, Ocean EPA, for offering what you do. But this is where the industry itself, cannabis industry, needs to go and also help to regulate itself and offer the right compliance standards and put the money in each company where they have to prioritize. That's the point being made here on the program. What I want to talk about next is that connection with putting standards together universally. When we get down to legalization, we're going to have to worry about that. It's not being done as of yet, but that's where we want to be forward thinking. We want to be proactive. That's what we do on the program. I'm here again with the Chief Risk Management Officer of the National Cannabis Risk Prevention Services, NCRPS.com. Alex Herney here on Blunt Business, back after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. I'm back with final questions here on Blunt Business with Alex Herning, Chief Risk Management Officer at the National Cannabis Risk Prevention Services, which is a part of the NCRMA or the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. And of course, if you're going to get a chance to hear, you can hear some more about all this extensively on their series, which is available at CannabisRadio.com, NCRMA's Chronic Risk. Alex has hosted a couple of programs on there. Principal host Rocco Pacilli has been on there as well. And they obviously have more episodes to come. Just keep an eye. Subscribe to the show wherever you can find podcasts. Initially at CannabisRadio.com, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. It's all there for you. InsuranceJournal.com. They recently hosted a webinar titled Attaining Compliance in the Cannabis Universe. And 
to initiate this webinar, they said that compliance in the cannabis industry presents a different challenge in every state. With almost countless regulations and considerations waiting to upend operators and those who work to ensure them along the entire supply chain, that's including licensing, equipment testing, distribution, retail sales, packaging, labor requirements, and rigorous track and trace programs. Now, David Valencourt, who is CEO of the GMP Collective, he's been on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, among other programs, he was on the panel and said this point, quote, the level of granularity is unparalleled, especially considering a specific use. And labels are so confusing. What you're required to put on, on, on packaging in Florida is much different than Illinois, much different than Massachusetts. So we're talking about universal compliance standards among the various level standards. Each state's Cannabis Control Board institutes. Alex, where does the NCRBS stand on where you're within your outfit, you're trying to create a universal set prior to before anybody else does. Yeah. I mean, one, one, I, yeah, I, I admire David Valancourt. He's great. And I have to, yeah, everything basically he says, I'm usually standing right behind him, supporting him. And he's, he's absolutely right. The granularity is, is so difficult. Um, and then what we, what we essentially, our mission is, is, you know, regardless of what the state or government's, you know, going to set and standard, you know, for, for rules and standards, we can help. We can help your business, um, and we can we can help you know the the states and these industries get better. And so, yeah, I mean, ideally, you know, these other industries, you know, they have essentially, you know, already established standards. And so, I down the road, I see it happening, and you know, and I'm supportive of it. And I'll tell you, it will be easier as an operator to when there's just a universal set of standards and rules, and maybe there's a little tweak here or there between the states. But right now, the, he's right. The level of granularity is just, I mean, it's unparalleled. So if you're an operator in one state. And you move to another state. I mean, it, it, it can. It's it's not like you just take the the that clean business model and move it to the next because it go. There's a whole separate set of process of getting the you know the license even in from one state to the other. So, so yeah, we want we want to. Do they want to go and expand into another state and just constantly have to deal with the same thing? Oh, Florida, Michigan, they're doing the same thing. We're going to expand to Arizona. What What do you mean we can't do this? That's going to happen. Do we want to have that constant confusion, which right. is also going to go and lead to possible compliance issues, or do we want to have one universal set that's going to go above and beyond every state? Right, and that is that's exactly what we what we we did here. So we wanted, and again, I've used the word business framework a couple times, and that's essentially what we put together. And from my understanding. Uh, you know, we're one of the very first, if if not only, that really identified all of the processes and controls in a cannabis business. Um, because of my experience starting and operating multiple cannabis businesses, I understand what it takes to run this business. And like I said, the, the challenging thing, and I, and I really, I sympathize with these business owners because you start off with the application and you write your business, your business framework and model based on that application. And those questions in those applications come from these legislators who's ne who have never operated a cannabis business in their life, likely don't know anything about the operations. And so you're just, you're finding, you're building your business model around what these legislators and rulemakers find important, which I'm not down diminishing, right? It's all important. Again, what they, what they're focusing on largely is inventory control and security measures, trying to prevent inversion and diversion, all important stuff. But again, they're missing these huge pieces of your business. Again, quality management systems, safety, you know, worker safety programs, you know, continuous improvement functions. And so what we can do is we can actually give these businesses with these reports, you know, an action plan to, to create a complete business framework. And then once you have that complete business framework, you can now take that from one state to the next. Will there be a few tweaks between this process and, and this one over here because this rule is different than this? Sure. But for the most part, what we've set with our standards is above and beyond the state rules and regulations. We're looking at these are best practices. You know, some states, you know, the, the best example, really, I think I can think of right now is, is you know, with, with inventory reconciliation, some states require you to to reconcile your virtual, your metric or seed to sale tracking system 
system, those numbers daily with your actual numbers. So your plants and your packages, most businesses, they don't check every day. Um, and you know, I've seen this multiple times. If you do not, I mean, and this is something that every other industry knows, you know, if you go into a, a hospital, they're literally, or, you know, or a pharmacy, they're literally counting every pill every day. You know, one, two, three, they're literally counting to make sure that by the end of the day, yes, our inventory matches our, our you know, our, our actual inventory measure, you know, matches our virtual inventory system. And that's what this industry, they don't want to hear, oh, I got to count every plant or I got to count, you know, all my inventory every day. And I say, you know what, if you don't miss, if you miss one day and one person put in, in it just, you know, it could be innocent. One person input error of I put in, you know, in metric, and I think they've changed it now, but they used to be able to say select the the the, the weights. So it was grams and another option was metric tons. So if you actually put you were you meant to put in seven grams, but you put in seven metric tons, that's a huge discrepancy. Now your inventory has. And if you didn't catch that the next day, and then the guy does it again. Now you're off, you know, 14 metric tons. And it, it, it and it's really if you didn't if you don't catch these discrepancies in your inventory. And within 24 hours, it gets really difficult. And this is the way people steal from these businesses is because they know they're not reconciling. Oh, I've heard, oh yeah, we reconcile once a month, once every three months. And it's, you know what, that's not good enough. And you know what, some states, they don't have it in the letter of, you know, of the law. You have to reconcile every day. Some do, you know? So what we've said is, you know what, that is the standard. You might not be have to require to reconcile that inventory every day, but you know what? You're putting yourselves at serious risk if you're not. <laughs> I'm telling you, you've made the case. This would have never brought all this together in one shot, but I'm, I'm glad with all the experience you've gotten and what NCRMA has done all together with NCRPS. When I read about this and I was just looking through, I was saying, what an amazing this was something that needs to be necessary into the space. I implore every business owner out there, if you're not doing enough, as we said, they're not just the, oh, this, the minimum requirements. No, 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 no. That's above and beyond when it comes to compliance, when it comes to testing, worker safety, standards in general for your business. A business framework, which Alex has already said several times, that's important. So we want to go and make sure to go and send people to the website, NCRPS dot com and real quickly alex take a minute to talk to listeners about what they should be doing once they go to the site and what can they get done right away yeah so obviously you know like i said really you know the services from mcrps comes with really the assessment and so reaching out to us about assessment again we can do a very comprehensive assessment really get you know uh, you know, down to the details of every aspect of your business. Or again, we can just do a full worker safety program or worker safety risk assessment or product safety, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, risk that that's keeping you up at night, we can, we can provide an assessment to, to, to give you the risk score, the issues, the recommendations and the resources to correct those issues. So reaching out to us, visitors to our website, again, check out our website, Really, it starts off with the assessment, right? And, and and the first question cannabis business operators or owners should ask themselves is, you know, what level of assessment do we need? What what type of risk do we have? Do we have a worker safety program? If no, then how about you? You know, you can reach out to us and we can we can do a worker safety assessment for you. If you if you have issues with contaminants. Yeah, we'd love to do a product risk assessment for you. And again, we can do those two at the same time. Again, we have property risk, premise risk, and also banking risk as well. So if, if you're having troubles keeping your, 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 your bank account, which we know in this industry is extremely hard, we can look at those risks. So you know, understanding, hey, what do we need in this business? Um, what don't we know? I think is a good starting part, you know, point. If, if you don't know all the, you know, controls and plans that you should have for worker safety, we're here for you. Um, so, so I'd say that's the first thing they should ask themselves. Um, and, and from there, you know, we can, we can do the assessment, we can provide the resources and give them an action plan to correct those issues. Can I also mention on the website for the NCRMA, ncrma.net, there was a point being made about Penn State and their learning factory that they actually went through and 
they went ahead and analyzed the entire, assessing the various areas of risk and how the CRP squared assessment tool works to make that happen. CRP2, CRP squared, excuse me. And they made mention of that at the end of the research as a result of their project, that they are able to go ahead and say that you would have a perfect cannabis company blueprint to use as a model by using this risk assessment. That's from the Bernard M. Gordon Learning Factory College of Engineering at Penn State University saying that. So the endorsement speaks for itself. NCRPS.net. Alex, thank you again for being on with us here on the program. Great information to give. And hopefully we get some more people to just be cognizant and be aware of how much more compliance is intensified and how much more important it is. We know there are people coming in to educa- be educated on this as well. And for those that are getting educated as well, to jump into the area of compliance, understand what's being done here. Because this can be a universal standard down the line that every company needs to go in and adhere to. So I appreciate you taking time out to talk to us about it. It was a pleasure, Brasco. Thanks. Thank you. And remember, if you want to hear more, not just here on Blunt Business, but go ahead and check out NCRMA's Chronic Risk Program. It's available now, CannabisRadio.com, and wherever you find podcasts. You need to listen to that show because there's so much in there. Alex actually just spoke with someone in terms of worker safety and product safety on the site itself and also other issues when it comes to insurance services. Now, there's actually health services being provided through Relief. I just saw that on the website. So I'll have to ask Rocco about that down the line when we get a chance to go and speak with him on a future episode. There's much more to be going on with the NCRMA. I just say keep a, keep a prize of what's going on over at Chronic Risk, their podcast series. We host it here on Cannabis Radio. We're grateful to have them as partners here. And really, it's been wonderful a wonderful relationship for more than two years since January 2020, since I first brought on Rocco and uh, really just brought the NCRMA team on for the first time on Blood Business. And it's just been amazing, the growth, exponential growth ever since. So thanks again, Alex. And thank you, listeners, for listening in. We'll talk to you next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.